Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative podcast where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022-2023 school year diving deep into the science of well-being, answering the question, what makes life worth living? And I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Hello, hello. We are back week 26 of Happy Class. This was a low-key week for me. I spent the weekend at Creative Camp in Southern Utah. During Creative Camp, most of the day is spent in uninterrupted work sessions. It's the beauty of the programming. There is this really nice flow to Creative Camp. This is the seventh Creative Camp retreat that I've hosted over the last four and a half years. And it was beautiful, really wonderful. I decided when I went back to graduate school that I would be able to continue hosting Creative Camp because it afforded me the space and time that I needed to work on homework, where in past years I've been working on work projects or you know building programs. I developed my entire decluttered six-week masterclass course during creative camp a few years ago. So it's been a really great way to dive deep into my own work in the same weekend that I'm facilitating the other campers and attendees. This last weekend, I, for whatever reason, maybe it was just the, the fatigue of having been traveling and been all over for the last month, I wasn't able to get as much done as I had expected. I did focus on some homework. So there was a, an integration paper for my humanities class. It's a four-page paper. And this time it was about literature, the benefits of literature or the integration of literature and well-being. I focused on poetry and how the practice of listening, even passive listening to poetry, can build your connection and your sense of belonging. I found some really incredible studies. I think I cited about four or five different studies that all came together to paint a picture of how passive listening to poetry 
can help you feel like you understand yourself better. It helps you find language and resonate with emotions that you might not otherwise be able to be quite in touch with. And how it doesn't have to be writing poetry, which I think was so interesting. A lot of the research that's been done around the benefits of poetry incorporates an activity of writing poetry and inviting people to participate in the creation of poetry. I think that's also fantastic. And it's just a little bit less approachable, especially for someone who's maybe not particularly interested in writing or in poetry. Having the ability to listen passively and still reap the benefits felt important to me. And it sort of validated, if you've been listening to the main podcast, I started the segment Pause for a Poem about two and a half years ago, where, you know, that stemmed out of my own love of poetry. I remembered how as a child, I always felt very drawn to poetry. I've tried my hand at writing it. I mostly love reading it and listening to it and speaking it. So I introduced Pause for a Poem for my own benefit and thought, well, if I like this, maybe other people will too. And writing this paper, digging into the research around it, felt really validating around how even if you listen to the podcast and you're not much of a poetry consumer, those Pause for a Poem sessions possibly have been able to introduce you to some emotions or ideas or situations that have resonated with you that you wouldn't have otherwise encountered. So it's kind of fun to see the overlap of some of the work that I've been doing just by intuition and inspiration for the last several years and how that also now, you know, I can kind of flesh out the foundational research evidence-based principles around why those things are beneficial and why they feel so good, why I've been drawn to that. So that was the paper that I wrote during camp. I also started digging into a presentation that is for my individuals class, my uh, positive psychology and the individual. This is all about active constructive responding, which I think is so interesting. I, I had heard that before, maybe just in sort of like couples contexts of how to be supportive with your spouse when they are sharing something with you. Something that I found really interesting with regards to active constructive response, you know, this is one of, imagine like a pie with four quadrants. There's active constructive, there's active destructive, there's passive constructive and passive destructive. So there's these four sort of quadrants of how you react and respond to someone's news or to something they share. And something that I hadn't had clear before was how important it is to respond with interest and you know full attention and inquiry and enthusiasm when people are sharing good news with you not only you know responding supportively when bad news or negative events are being shared but when someone shares something good with you that's called capitalization sharing good news that that is a real flex point where your response makes a huge impact. There was a study done showing that for women, they really benefit from positive responses, both for their negative events and their positive events. We want people to, you know, we feel more seen if someone responds with questions and enthusiasm and excitement when we share good news and also when someone validates and, and you know, is supportive and encouraging with negative events that we share. For men, it doesn't seem to matter very much, at least according to some of the research that I looked at. Men 
you know, you can kind of meh with their negative news. Of course, it will always be a little bit more connective to, to respond with support and, and encouragement. They really, really care how you respond to positive news. Uh, I know that years and years ago, Dave and I were doing the love languages and one of his top love languages was words of affirmation. This kind of reminded me of that, how he really appreciates being told and, you know, verbal affirmation of the support that I'm sharing, um, questions and, and interest in things that he's experiencing, things that he's going through. He loves when I share interest in the things that he does. So, for example, a couple years ago, I started doing, I guess maybe a year and a half ago now, I started doing CrossFit with him. And I think that he has really enjoyed not only going to the gym together, which we go to the gym together quite often and actually like exercise in tandem, but he seems to really appreciate that I now have all the language to talk about CrossFit with him and that we talk about the exercises and we talk about some of the different effects in our bodies and we talk about the CrossFit games, for example, and that it has become a shared interest, not only something that we do together, but something that we talk about and that I'm able to actively respond to the experiences, the positive experiences that he's having at the CrossFit gym, for example. So it's been really an interesting section. Um, kind of a busy week, though, because I came right off of class at Palm Springs, flew directly to Salt Lake. I had one day in between where mostly I was just preparing for creative camp, you know, packing up. I drove five hours down from northern Utah to southern Utah to host. I set up the the venue and, you know, did kind of my last minute things. And I had a quick meeting with my capstone advisor Wednesday morning and then welcomed all of the campers and spent the rest of the weekend hosting camp. So um, I was I was really worn out one of the days, like during a deep work session, instead of diving into my uninterrupted work time, I took advantage of the quiet to just take a nap. I happen to love sleeping and I have no qualms about resting as needed. I don't I think that rest and sleep is just as productive as as work and that it actually facilitates our ability to work better and more creatively and more efficiently. And at the end of the weekend, you know, I packed up, cleaned up, drove back up to northern Utah, flew home, got home Monday and then have just spent the week kind of on spring break with my kids. We've had a really great week. I just haven't quite gotten to my regular rhythm of homework. So I have a little bit left to do. Uh, this last couple days, my primary focus has been on the workshop that my team and I, my small group team that we're developing for the Arizona State University Center for Correctional Solutions. This program will be implemented in um, one of the local prison systems in Phoenix with the hope that if it goes well and is received well, that then it will be uh, scaled to the prisons throughout the state. We have a lot of buy-in from the key holders, um, from the new governor of Arizona. I think there's a new head of, of the criminal justice department who is working hand in hand with the Center for Correctional Solutions. And so there's potential for this workshop that we're creating to be to be really impactful. Even if it just goes into the correctional officers for one facility, that's impact. If it goes beyond that to multiple prisons and possibly statewide, that's huge impact for the program that we're creating. We're in the final stages. We've written, you know. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, probably 20, I'm trying to think how many, 20 or 30 pages of research and background and, you know, done massive literature reviews looking for evidence-based practices and really how to attune the training that we're creating to this population and what we're focusing on. And now we're taking all of that and synthesizing it into a concise adult-based learning curriculum that can be offered in very short spans of time. We're looking at 15-minute workshops and then um, a regular check-in, like a two-minute check-in at the sh- at the guard change, at the shift change, where they can kind of high-five and, and remind themselves of these stress-relieving principles that we're sharing. It's been really fun. I was, ju- I think, a little bit overwhelmed by it just because it was like a blank PowerPoint presentation <laughs> that I needed to start filling out. And once I got in there and started working on it and applying, you know, taking the section that I've been working on and, and really integrating it. It's been fun to imagine myself. I've kind of been visualizing myself teaching it. I won't actually be teaching it. Uh, We're handing off the program and it will be implemented by the staff at the Center for Correctional Solutions. It was really fun though as I was as I've been creating this presentation to imagine myself in you know a, a small classroom in the prison with a dozen correctional officers in front of me and and how does that conversation go? How do I invite them into a level of interest where they actually have some buy-in for the program where they're they can see the benefit that understanding and practicing some of these skills will have in their lives and in their work and that they want to do it without that sort of intrinsic motivation for understanding how they will benefit from the program that we're instituting it sort of falls flat. It's been a really fun process to imagine myself there. And what kind of questions would I ask? What are the things that would invite people into the conversation so they don't feel like they're being talked at? They feel like they are participating in the learning process. I really love to teach. I love building curriculum. I see that as a through line of my life. The different, you know, teaching workshops all over the country, teaching a course, writing a book, doing this podcast for the last almost five years, presenting information in a way that the, you know, bits of it can be easily digested and applied to everyday life. That feels like my calling in some ways. That's the thing that I love to do. And it's really fantastic to, as we're wrapping up this year of school, find these ways that I can do that practically and uh, in a, you know, impactfully in a way that they'll actually be used so much of what I've done is hypothetical, you know, writing papers about ideas or about um, hypothetical situations that could be implemented or research that could be conducted. This is a program that will be instituted, that will be introduced 
with real people on the ground in real life, and that feels pretty incredible. I've said this before, but one of the biggest takeaways that I've had from my experience in the MAP program is the importance of mindfulness. That is not at all what I expected when I did a graduate degree program in positive psychology, that my biggest takeaway would be the importance of daily mindfulness practices, of daily meditation, of having breathing, you know, tactical breathing that we can use during times of stress and also during times of, uh, you know, seeking peace and calm in everyday moments. That's the piece that I'm incorporating with the correctional officers. My section is called pause, and it really is an adult-based breathing technique that can reduce stress, invite calm, help people think clearly, make good decisions, and feel better in their everyday lives. So I'll just give you a brief introduction to it. It's a riff on box breathing. So you may have heard of box breathing, which is in for usually four counts, hold for four counts, exhale for four counts, and then hold at the bottom for four counts. I visualize that as an actual box, this inhale, pause, exhale, pause. That sort of just brings you back into regular calm breathing where you're paying attention. I think the key to that is that you're paying attention rather than just breathing naturally as we all do. Bringing the mind into it where you're mindfully breathing makes a difference. The change that I made is using a piece of literature, some research that was done around skewed breathing. So rather than equal inhale and exhale, this invites you to breathe in for five, hold for two, and then breathe out for seven. And there's some research that shows that extending your exhale really tones the vagus nerve and brings your stress level down. It it calms your nervous system in a way that uh, maybe that even breathing doesn't. At any rate, there's sort of, you know, there, there's research that shows it both ways that it e- either is equal or better, but there isn't any research that I saw that shows that it's worse. So I figure I might as well introduce that. So why don't we do this one or two times before I close out today's episode? We're going to breathe in for five. Hold two. Breathe out for seven. Hold for two. Again. Hold. Out. There you go. There's some skewed box breathing for your nervous system regulation. I hope that you can use that at any time that you need a little bit of calm in your life. Just that moment of pause will make a huge difference. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll catch you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.